Our scripture reading for this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new kind of teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, speak your truth into our lives, and may your truth set us free, free from sin, free from hatred, free from bondage. May your words heal us today. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Wow, this passage has made me ask lots of questions this week, and this morning I'd like the opportunity to ask some of those questions of you for us to discuss those together. What was this man doing in the synagogue in the first place? Why was there a man possessed by evil spirits in worship? What place did he have in their worship? You know, we know that he didn't show up there seeking for Jesus to heal him because this is Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus just showed up for worship. Nobody was expecting this to happen. And so was this demon-possessed man a regular? Was he a regular attender in the synagogue there? Did he show up Sabbath after Sabbath? Did he cause problems? Was he a disruption in the service, uh, speaking out or, or being rude to other members? Uh, we, we don't know. Uh, was he that person that the leadership had to have meetings about after the service was over to, to try to figure out how to handle him? Uh, maybe, on the other hand, he blended in. It, could it be that a man possessed of an evil spirit, just blended into worship and nobody noticed? Could that be? Maybe he was even a leader. For all we know, he was one of the key figures in the synagogue. Uh, We don't know, but I've been questioning those sorts of things. Regardless of the answers, kudos to the synagogue for welcoming him. It's a good thing that, that the synagogue leaders welcomed this man into their family, into the company. Uh, it's, it's good news for him. Now, obviously, the synagogue didn't have the answers for him. They didn't know how to help him out with what his problems were. They had been unable to heal him or maybe even recognize that he had a problem. But at least they welcomed him. They made room for him. And because they made room for him, he happened to be there the day that Jesus showed up. Now, get that. Because they welcomed this potential troublemaker, because they welcomed a man with evil spirits, he just happened to be there when Jesus actually showed up. And because of that, he was healed. Because he happened to be there when Jesus was there, he was set free. And so it's a good thing that the synagogue made room for a character like him. The church sometimes struggles with offering that same kind of grace. Uh, Sometimes it can be hard for people who don't believe like us to be welcomed among us. Uh, People don't feel like they can come and ask questions or or challenge our beliefs in you. I've often wondered 
Is there a place in our churches today for atheists and agnostics to come and ask questions? Is it a safe place for them to come and wrestle with their faith or with their doubt or their unbelief? Well, as long as I'm around, that's the kind of church I want it to be. People that that question our belief are always welcome with me. I want their questions. I want to hear how they're challenging us. Now, we may not even have the answers all the time, but I want anyone to feel like they're free to ask their questions and to express their doubts. Because when they're present with us, they may have the opportunity to discover how loving our God is. Still, churches struggle with this notion of welcoming people that might be different. There was a church that I served once that had a man who showed up uh, for worship one Sunday morning before I arrived there. I was off at a different place. But the, the man showed up for worship, but he wasn't dressed properly. His clothes were dirty. He hadn't properly bathed. And to be frank, to be perfectly honest, uh, he was still a little hungover from the night before. Uh, the leadership of the church didn't feel like he was appropriate for worship that morning, and so they told him he had to leave. They sent him away from the church. I was heartbroken when I discovered that. Uh, I got to know the man, and he, he never did come back to church, although I had quite a few conversations with him myself. But he, he felt unwanted by the church. We pushed him away just because he wasn't quite up to what the standard of that particular church might be. That made me sad. Church should be a place that welcomes people because when people are welcomed, they might meet Jesus here. I was at another place serving, and and I had made the comment in sermons several times that, that Jesus' followers included people like tax collectors and even prostitutes, and that if Jesus welcomed those people, then Jesus' followers, the church, ought to welcome them as well. Finally, one of my members kind of cornered me, and he said, Now, preacher, I agree with what you're saying. In principle, I think you're right. But he said, I've got a couple of young daughters. You've got a couple of young daughters. And I'm just wondering, how are you going to feel if you look out in the congregation and see that a prostitute has come in and has sat down next to one of your young impressionable daughters? I have to confess that that made me think for a moment. I, it was a tough question at the, at the moment. How would I really feel if that happened? And, uh, but after giving it some thought, uh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to say, yes, that person is welcome regardless, and, and she can sit with my family. Because when we welcome people into the family of the church, it's a great opportunity for them to discover the love of Christ. Whenever we welcome anyone into the family, they have the opportunity to, dis- to discover God's love. The opposite's also true. Whenever we push people away from the church, we may in fact be cutting them off from an opportunity to meet Christ. We may cut them off from Jesus. Still another question came to mind though. Uh, How is it that this man continued in worship for so long in the synagogue in his condition? How is it that a man with evil spirit shows up in the synagogue and apparently nobody notices or they're not able to do anything about it? Did he just blend in? Did nobody notice? Apparently, the weekly teaching wasn't any real problem for him. Uh, Apparently, what he heard from the rabbis week in and week out didn't cause those evil spirits any discomfort. It seems the synagogue was able to go along perfectly well doing its business as usual without confronting the evil in its midst.
Well, maybe they didn't want to rock the boat, cause any trouble. Uh, Maybe they didn't want to offend anyone. Maybe they were worried about the budget. For all we know, this man was giving generously to the synagogue and they didn't want to lose his offering. Maybe it says something about the synagogue that evil spirits felt so comfortable there. Maybe it tells us something about the synagogue that evil spirits felt comfortable there. Throughout the centuries, the church has too frequently embraced evil. Uh, Early on, we fell into the trap of anti-Semitism. Christians attacking Jews, uh, calling them Christ killers. Now, to be honest, Jews did attack Jesus. They were involved in his arrest and his crucifixion. But Jesus was a Jew, too. We've gathered this morning to worship the Jew from Galilee, a descendant of Judah, a descendant of King David. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. And there's no room in Christianity for anti-Semitism, for hatred of anybody, especially for hatred of Jews. For far too long, we embraced slavery in the church. Uh, we had all sorts of reasons to do it, lots of economic reasons. We, It was supporting our financial situation, and so we kind of turned the other way. We held our noses. We put up with such evil because it benefited some of us. In fact, there was an entire branch of our denomination that broke off in support of slavery. Some of my predecessors in that part of our church stood in our pulpits and preached why God favored slavery. Horrible messages. Horrible messages from which we've repented and which we need to continue to denounce. It's abhorrent that the church harbored slavery for so, so long. And even after that, we continued to embrace racism. Uh, Churches favored segregation, keeping uh, keeping worshipers separate based on their skin color. That doesn't represent the kingdom of God. That doesn't look like Jesus. We're all created in God's image. We have to love everyone. We have to reach out to all people, regardless of ethnicity or race. We, We embraced homophobia for far too long because... Some people uh, live differently or love differently. We've wanted to treat them with, uh, with contempt and even hatred. There's no room for hatred in the body of Christ. We, we, can't, we can't cut people off because we might happen to disagree with them. We've embraced violence. We've, we've even supported greed. The Bible talks about greed the, the sin of greed, more than almost anything else. And yet, we continue to cling to our stuff while so many of our neighbors around us are hurting. We've, we've harbored evil for far too long and far too often. Too often we've put up with these and other expressions of evil, maybe because there were cultural norms. This is just the way society behaved. Society hated these groups of people, and so the church just joined right in, but it's not the church's job to join in with society. It's the church's job to reform the culture. It's our role to speak a prophetic voice in the world. When the world hates, it's the church's job to demonstrate love. Maybe we've not been prophetic because we didn't want the problems that go with it. We don't want the criticism, but we follow the Christ who is crucified. Criticism may come with the territory. Let's be real honest. Sometimes the church has embraced evil because it served us well. 
I mean, I've got to face it. I'm a middle-aged white guy in an institution that was designed with people like me in mind. Everything about my age and background makes me a privileged person in our system. There may be a cost to welcoming others, but it's a cost we have to be willing to pay. And we will be better off. The church as a whole will be better off when we learn to embrace others. Now, like the synagogue in Capernaum, I'm glad we've welcomed people with lots of different ideas. I'm glad we've welcomed people that even thought wrongly, maybe even that harbored hatred in their hearts. I'm glad we've welcomed them. But sooner or later, Jesus has to show up. Sooner or later, we have to meet Jesus. And when Jesus spoke at the synagogue, something different happened. He spoke as one having authority, not like the rabbis. But he spoke with a new kind of authority. It wasn't business as usual anymore. All of a sudden, the synagogue got real uncomfortable for those evil spirits. They couldn't just hang out and be comfortable in the midst of the actual word of God enfleshed. When Jesus walked in, the demon took notice. The demon could not remain in worship when Jesus was present. Jesus' words drove it out. Jesus' words brought healing to the man, and healing to the whole synagogue. When the church truly embraces who Jesus is, when we truly embrace his teachings, when we truly read those red letters and do our best with with the Holy Spirit's help to live those out, then people are healed. Our, Our church and our community is healed and evil is cast out. Light always banishes darkness. Well, what unclean spirits are still welcomed in the church today? And I'll even ask the tough question. What unclean spirits might even be welcomed in our church? Where might hatred still gain a foothold? Are there opportunities in our church, in our churches today, where hatred could still worm its way in? Does greed still have an opportunity among us? Are we still shaped by the culture rather than by who our God is? What will it take for Jesus to show up? What will it look like for us to dedicate ourselves to the teachings of Christ in such a way that it transforms our church and our culture? I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us the power to shine the light of Christ into every area of our lives. I pray that the Holy Spirit will empower us and embolden us to love deeply and compassionately all people around us, that they might know how loving our God is. I pray that Jesus' words will heal once again. Amen.